Welcome to The World in 10, your daily 10-minute analysis of the global headlines as covered by The Times of London. I'm Toby Gillis. And I'm Sonal Patel. And today we're deleting our Twitter direct messages, analysing whether our favourite YouTubers are who they say they are. And in my case, at least, marvelling at my failure Mm. to get an invite to the coronation of King Charles next month. Don't like the food. All will be explained in due course. The Wagner Group, made up of Russian mercenaries, are known really for their brutality. So it comes as no surprise when two of their commanders admit to killing hundreds of Ukrainian civilians, including, this is really shocking, dozens of children. Sonal, you've been taking a look at this. I have, and it's really not easy reading or listening. Here's a bit of their interview, and just a warning, some of what you hear is disturbing. Describing killing a child, he says, she was screaming, she was five or six, and I shot her, a kill shot. I wasn't allowed to let anyone out. It's a really extraordinary interview, which you can watch if you wish on the Times website. He's clearly been drinking, a cigarette hanging from his mouth as he comes out with all this grisly detail. I asked Mark Bennett, the Times foreign correspondent, why they'd admit to all this. It's very difficult to understand their motives for giving the interviews because um, Uldarov, who kind of broke down at one point during the interview, described himself as a, as a hard killer, as, as, a, as a beast, as an animal, then admitted that he wanted to go back to the front in Ukraine, but not with Wagner, but as a, as a member of the Russian army, because he was fed up of being a hired killer. So, I mean, I think these are very kind of confused, disturbed individuals, and now potentially they're in danger. They have both already said that they've received threats, death threats. I mean, this is absolutely extraordinary to hear someone admit these things. The Russian government has always actually denied any affiliation with the Wagner Group, but the recruitment drive for the war in Ukraine does go on. Moscow is using a massive network of facial recognition cameras to track down young men for military service. And staying within the Russian vein, uh, this is an incredible story that caught our eye. Mm. Donbass Devushka. They were talking about it in the Times editorial meeting this morning. Yeah, so she's this pro-Russian social media star. And this story It's quite nuts, really. It is. Yeah. So Donbass Devushka, or Donbass Girl, claims to be a Russian Jew living in occupied Ukraine. She's amassed a massive following on Twitter, Facebook, and she even has a YouTube channel. Hello and welcome back to the DZ podcast. Very Russian, very nationalistic, I suppose. Except, and here's the mic drop moment... (laughs) She's actually American. Yep, her name is Sarah Bills, and this is arguably even more of a mic drop. She's a former Navy SEAL from New Jersey who now runs a tropical fish business. You think she wouldn't have the time. Uh, You couldn't make it up. Her social media accounts glorify Russia's invasion of Ukraine and celebrate the actions of the Wagner Group. Donbass Devushka is one of the highest-profile English-language platforms supporting the Russians. And while Bills has now admitted being part of the account, she actually insisted she's not the only one running the network. So we know who she is now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end. I'm sure there'll be more to come on this. 
When I saw this headline, I actually couldn't believe what I was reading. Apparently, the US government has been reading my Twitter direct messages. Why on earth would they read your direct messages? Well, I'd imagine they're not really, I'll be honest. I don't think I offer much intel for whatever purposes they may or may not be doing this. But the point stands, maybe they have been. Probably worth clearing up what you're talking about here. Um, (laughs) Because Elon Musk, Twitter's still newish owner, has made the claim that the government in the States is monitoring users' private messages. Unlike, say, your WhatsApp messages, DMs are not encrypted, meaning it's not hard for this sort of thing to happen. No, so I guess the question is how shocked and how concerned should we be? And let's be honest, sometimes Musk's statements are a little bit on the unbelievable side. So I asked the Times Washington correspondent, Alistair Dorber, what exactly we should believe. On the one hand, Elon Musk owns Twitter. He gets to see what goes on under the bonnet. Are your DMs being read by the US government? Are my DMs being uh, read by the US government? Um, Probably not. I think his point more was that the US government has the ability to read them. And um, should it feel as though it has due cause to read someone's direct messages on Twitter, then it would uh, would have the capacity, the ability uh, and the know-how to do it. So the Times of London is nothing if not forensic. It's not, yeah. yeah. It's not survived 200 plus years by being journalistic slouches. That's it. So that's why it is asked today the all-important question, what has happened to Amazon's $60 million? So in 2019, they signed Phoebe Waller-Bridge, that's the genius behind uh, British sitcom Fleabag, and they offered her and signed her for $20 million a year. I'd have taken half of that. She must have produced some amazing stuff for that money. Yeah, that's kind of my point. No, nothing. Literally nothing. They might as well have signed me for my $10 million. Uh, It is a slight exaggeration. She has helped with the Bond film, No Time to Die, but that wasn't for Amazon. No. Uh, <laughs> apparently, this is really common practice. What? I wish I wish someone would practice Money that on me. Nothing. Yeah. Um, there's a very naughty phrase one industry insider used, uh, but translated roughly, it essentially means giving whoever's hot at the moment lots of money just for the headlines with very, very little hope of anything at the end of it. Now, inevitably, with only 10 minutes, we can't cover everything in The Times. So, foreign editor Mike Smith, what else can everybody read? A German magazine has got into trouble after publishing what it claimed was an interview with Michael Schumacher. Uh, Obviously, he suffered severe head injuries in a skiing accident back in 2013. The magazine, uh, however, says it's uh, conducted the interview through an AI chatbot, which they've programmed to emulate his responses. In France, there's plans to rip up huge amounts of vineyards in Bordeaux, largely because the French don't drink the wine anymore. Uh, They're going to be replaced by everything from olive trees to hemp in order to diversify the economy of the region. And you can read more about those stories by taking out a digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk. Sonal, imagine, and I don't think this will be too much of a stretch for you, that you are a Mediterranean teen, or perhaps Hawaiian or Australian. No stretch. Whichever one, and you grow up surfing the biggest waves in existence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Then you turn up to your world championship event and you're beaten by a kid from Britain. That's really easy to imagine. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what happened last week at the Rip Curl Grom Search competition. A Grom in surfing is anyone under 16. Yeah, it is. And the winner was 15-year-old Lucas Skinner from Cornwall. Uh, he became the first Briton to win it. And just listen to how chill this young superstar is. It's really cool. It's pretty surreal. Still nothing's really kicked in yet, but everything about it's so cool. And to be able to have done it in front of like the best surfers in the world was probably one of the other biggest things. The water was, I think, 20 degrees Celsius, which was way nicer than home. Home's like 13 degrees now. Lucas is in good company having won this prize. He follows in the footsteps of Gabrielle Medina. That's a surfer so famous that even I had heard of her before today. And he says off the chat that I recorded, that he's hoping he might even compete for Britain in the Olympics, so maybe a medal on its way for us. Toby, I love it, but you hate coronation chicken, don't you? I do, yes. That was the mix of curried chicken mango chutney and raisins. The Queen had that at her coronation, hence the name. Yeah, but we now know we both agree on the official dish for King Charles's coronation next month because neither of us are impressed this time. That's right. It's a quiche. It is. Described by the royal family as a crisp, light pastry case with a delicate flavour of spinach, broad beans and fresh tarragon. How dull. Indeed. Unlike us, we hope you'll agree. And if you do, why not come back for tomorrow's World in 10 podcast? A great idea, I think. See you then.